electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures are still hardened by the way in which CPI was absorbed. Ten-year uh, yield does hit 142. That's a three-month low. Got some news on the cruise lines, Chewy, Snowflake, and the infrastructure talks, too. Our roadmap begins with memes and the momentum trading, though. GameStop, AMC, Clover look to get back some losses as the S&P is about 10 points from a fresh record. Plus, COVID's cruise impact, the industry already struggling to resume full-scale sailing, but shares are lower this morning as another ship reports new COVID cases. And it could be the biggest IPO of the year, China's ride-hailing giant Didi filing to debut in the U.S. this summer. So, Jim, they say never short a dull market, and man, has that been proven true this week. (laughs) Um, Look, I never want to tell people that things are dull, because the mean people are going to keep it alive no matter what. Uh, But I thought yesterday was one of the most important days I've seen in a long time because there were many different lines. And I tried to break them down on Mad Money uh, that showed inflation. And there should have been this hue and cry about how we had to get out of growth because those stocks don't maintain their value. It was the opposite. Yesterday was the day that you had annihilated if you own Caterpillar. And you did great. It was just a beautiful day for uh, for growth stocks. I mean, yesterday was an Amazon day like I haven't seen in a long time. It, it, no one talked about it. It's really extraordinary. So it, it, you you would have gotten annihilated if you had shorted what would be the traditional playbook of what you should right, short. That's interesting. Uh, our friend Tom Lee, for example, last night takes banks to neutral, uh, says he thinks if rates are in a true downtrend, and if you look year to date, you could argue that they are, then you want to sell financials and buy fans. Okay, so I was on uh, halftime the other day, and Scott was looking at my travel trust. He goes, Jim, you only own Wells Fargo. And I said, well, Mia Culpa, I, I, I guess I should own more of these. But Tom Lee is right. If we stay low, then people are going to say, you know what, why am I in uh, Bank of America? Why am I in J.P. Morgan? I can be in Wells because that's Charlie Scharf trying to turn around what turned out to be a bad bank. Right. Uh, but that stock has also had quite a move off the lows. But it's going to be able to buy back 12% of its shares if it has a good review, mm-hmm. the good C-car review. Right. And Charlie is uh, making a lot of changes there. But one of the basically the only big bank that never got back to pre-COVID prices, on, on, I think, on the Exactly share right. And it is historically cheap. Buffett did bail. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why it was cheap. And, and I think they weren't just the scandal. It just turned out to be far just poorly run versus the distinction between, say, a J.P. Morgan or Bank of America. I mean, it just run differently. Yeah, and it, it can take quite a while to turn something like that around. Obviously, you're talking about just execution in some way, exactly beyond right. even no, many scandals. That well, I'm that talking bank. about the expense ratio. I mean, I think people at home get confused. There are these different metrics. I've been working on this. Uh, the people, and we'll talk about it with Chewy, like the metric that people are focused on banks is expense. 
how could they have the big, you know, because there's not a lot of growth in loans, although there was some this quarter, but the expense ratio of Wells is no good. But to your point, when it comes to the banks, there is an expectation that if the economy is going to grow as quickly as many believe it will, there will be that kind of loan growth and perhaps that there even offsets to a certain extent if for some reason we do stay at the 1415 level uh, and the yield curve is not particularly steep. Definitely. Definitely. And I know I was uh, the numbers that Matt Boss uh, was giving me yesterday about uh, he's the retail analyst from J.P. Morgan, some proprietary chase data. And the consumer's the most liquid ever. I mean, you're seeing things, by the way. I'm sorry. I wouldn't touch yesterday's because I I wouldn't touch that with asbestos fingers. This is okay. Okay, good. Um, Glad this this is approved now. Yes. But you're seeing some figures that would indicate that Gary Friedman, in his restoration now RH uh, note at the beginning, that said it's the Roaring Twenties. It is. It's the Roaring Twenties, but it's not being done with debt, which is really incredible. Yeah, all the, the excess savings, the, the labor market tailwinds, the price appreciation of assets. Um, we talked about Signet yesterday. Today, Dave & Buster's comes out with a surprise profit of 40 cents, right? I was shocked at that, uh, particularly because that's the most discretionary spend in the world. I mean, David, I went to David and Buster's with my with my youngest daughter and, you know, it was like <laughs> we picked up nothing with the claw. I know the claw. The claw. I know the claw. Yeah. Well, the claw is just that that's like the, a, the a tax a on rich people, no, the right? A, the claw is a con. Yeah. The, the claw is a con. Yeah. You should be on Wall Street Bets. They, they'd love you. They like that. that. Yeah, because yeah, really, that's like very serious, rigorous analysis like they use over there. Got it. Right. Dave and Buster's, you go there to spend a lot of money, more than you should. Signet, by the way, the numbers uh, that Jenna Drosos did, she did, uh, the, the, the number of new people going to Zales, uh, the numbers from Piercing Pagoda, the rental business that she has, rental, like rent the runway, you rent jewelry. Right. Well, and, and today, City goes to 79 on Signet. Uh, Wells ups it to equal weight. But then why is And they had a sell on it. Yeah, yeah. They doubted, they doubted Jenna the whole way. Why is, whole every, way. why is every general news headline about how people are freaking out about rising gas prices, food prices? Yes. Can I, I hear? Let me read something from Stephen Roche. Now, we have him on. Stephen of Roche? Such, well, he did work for Arthur Burns at the Fed when he first started in the early 70s. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is what he, he's... Um, Today, the federal funds rate is currently more than two and a half percentage points below the inflation rate. Uh, he was pointing to the 70s. Now add uh, open-ended quantitative easing, $120 billion a month injected into frothy financial markets, the largest fiscal stimulus in post-World War II history. All of this occurring precisely when a post-pandemic boom is absorbing slack capacity at an unprecedented rate. This policy gambit is in a league of its own. League of its own. League of its own. League of its own. All right, so one-third of that inflation was uh, used trucks, used cars. Uh, when you get that tipping point for the last semiconductor, you will see a plummeting of cars and trucks values you wouldn't believe. Right now, it's just you can't get a new truck. I mean, uh, my wife's trying to buy a new truck. I mean, forget about it. There's no trucks. There's no trucks. Small, you know, F-150, you can't get them. But Carl and I could sit here for the next... 53 minutes of our show and cite different statistics to you that well, there, are, a- there is a lot of inflation, not to mention just, I mean, you've been going out. You've been going, have you seen what your restaurant bill is lately? Well, but the demand is what, such. It is. It doesn't mean that there is an incredible amounts of inflation. You don't have to go out. In, it's it's uh, discretionary. Okay. 
You don't have to go out. Okay. You think Campbell's but, soup is going to be over? I mean, you think they're not going to cut The concern price? amongst those who would, who would argue otherwise is that inflation has a psychological impact to it, and it's self-fulfilling, right? And so the b- belief the, that it is going to continue to come will result in higher prices and, and uh, manufacturers and the like continuing to... I think that there are 90 new airlines that are opening this year. You've been right so far, by the way. I don't, I don't, you know, you said it was going to be transitory. I am, the bond look, market is agreeing. There's this guy. He runs a Fed. Pretty good guy. <laughs> We're going to hear from him on Wednesday. Yeah. Jay? Jay? You and Jay are on first name basis? Actually, in real life, yes. What's his middle name? Do you know his middle name? Well, I, he doesn't know my middle name. I mean, what does that mean? I'm sure, I know. I know his wife's name, but I'm not. You know, we're not going to go there. Okay. Um, but I do think that what matters to me is is that he has systematically made every right move, and he is doubted across the board. Does he not look at? What do you think? He just says, you know what? When he goes home to his wife, he says, "Listen, I can't believe that chicken costs that much. I got to go raise rates." He's a thoughtful person, for heaven's sake. Yes. Yes. Unlike Steve Roach, who was in a league of his own, frankly. <laughs> Listen, I know. Steve, well, we, he's still a fairly rigorous guy, Steve. I mean, he's said a lot of things about China through the years and, and so forth that we've had conversations with him about that haven't felt exactly right. Peter Navarro said a lot of things about China. I'm in his camp. Really? Really? You'd rather be in the Navarro Nav- camp? Navarro came to me. I don't want to. You know Navarro what? came to me a year ago and I, said that the Wuhan. I know he did. And he, he may have been right. But you know what? That's it. That's about it. You. All right. That, that Why don't you tell him to go back to Rochester and work on his Kodak deal? That, <laughs> oh, all right. That was I really unfair. Tell Navarro how, ask him how his SPAC is going, that, that, that Kodak SPAC that he did. You are, um, you're a vicious person. He's, I, he's on the other hand, he's a bully. am temperate. He's a bully. Yeah. He's bull- I yeah. think, I he think bullied we, a number of a our second. anchors, and I don't like that. Sorry. Oh, fair enough. Fair. It's absolutely wow. true. Right. Um, we are watching the cruise lines today. Royal Caribbean Celebrity Cruises says that two passengers aboard the Celebrity Millennium ship have tested positive for COVID-19. It says the passengers who were traveling together have no symptoms and are being isolated. Celebrity recently restarted cruises after more than a year. Jim, uh, this was their first North American cruise since 2020. But here's some things we need to know, and I don't know the answers. Uh, I believe that ce- Celebrity... I want to know if they vaccinated kids or were kids unvaccinated. That's number one. I want to know, did they test people right before they got on the boat with an antigen test? You know, like a Binax that Abbott obviously made like a gazillion and didn't need it. Uh, But you've got to we've got to find out from Richard Fain. And I hope he does call into our show. Do they let kids on? And now, of course, this is asymptomatic. They put them on a stateroom, but it's obviously not what the cruise industry needs. But I think that unvaccinated kids is the thing I need to know about. Because that would be the answer for you as to whether they yes. were on the boat. They- yes. Oh, and, I, and I believe if I want to cruise, and I've been interested in doing it during the holiday period, uh, I need at least antigen testing right on the dock. I know that, for instance, that you do that, that uh, Norwegian Cruise plans to do that, antigen testing. And my understanding is Norwegian Cruise will not let unvaccinated children get on. Um, So I'm willing to take a Norwegian Cruise. I am. I'm also looking at this point, even knowing what you know about about Royal. If Norwegian is doing what they're they're claiming, absolutely. Without a doubt, I would take one of those to Alaska. You're also vaccinated. So why why would you worry? Well, true. There is an issue. Uh, I was out last night um, with, with an absolutely terrific CEO, and 
people were coming up to me and shake and shake my hand initially. I remember what Dr. Gottlieb said to me on Twitter. He said, listen, I never shook hands even before this. But by the end, I was hugging people. It's hard not to shake hands. It is hard. I know. And and I went home and I told my wife, I said, geez, I don't know. I I hugged some people tonight. She says, well, isn't that your Mr. Vaccination? What's the vaccination (laughs) for if you're not the vaccination? You know, one of those things. I'm so glad Lisa doesn't watch this hour. But Dr. Oh, no, Gottlieb, she doesn't know. Right, she doesn't know about the hour. Dr. Gottlieb was asked this exact question on Squawk. Here's what he said. Those environments are, are inherently, um, they have certain risks associated with them. There's a lot of people in confined spaces. I don't think they need to be higher risk environments than taking a regular vacation. I think, in fact, they could be lower risk environments because you do have the ability to control those environments with testing, by testing people as they get on the ship, as they get off the ship, while they're on the ship. And you have the ability to require vaccination uh, in those settings. So I think that this could be a, a very safe environment and potentially even a safer uh, vacation than going to London or going to a big city. But really, I believe they should be looking at requiring 100 percent vaccination. Speaking of London, um, the the, the case count in the U.K., Jim, is showing a clear upturn, which we're going to monitor. And how about I'm very worried about Malaysia lockdown. Remember, if you're going to believe in transitory, you have to know that global foundries are all there. And uh, they're in Malaysia, they're in Taiwan. You cannot have these places have this and expect that we won't have another leg up in in the transitory inflation. Steve. I mean, David. (laughs) When we come back, uh, will it be a red-hot summer for SPACs? Get ready for the SPAC on the street after the break. Take take a look at futures here as we need about 10 to 12 points here, I think, for a fresh intraday high on the S&P. Don't go away. Every day, Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. What is that? Okay. Well, that was our new SPAC animation, which, by the way, we got ready to go, I think, right at the peak of SPACs. But (laughs) let's not forget, we did talk about the SPAC out. 
Yes. In March, I think it was March 19th. Yes. And they went right off a cliff uh, in terms of issuance. That was the top. In terms of performance, it really yeah. was the top. Doesn't happen too often, but, you know, from what I was hearing from so many, of course, the SEC scrutiny was a part of what was going on. The performance in, of, of right. the SPAC stocks themselves started to fall off dramatically. And take a look. Well, people we can say show you, you killed Churchill. Right, so David but Faber killed Churchill. There, there's a look at SPAC IPOs, and we'll wow. show you filings in a moment what happened. But you know what? We're already at nine for this week. So we don't have, obviously, June yet, but you fell off a cliff, and you've come back. Are we ever going to get back to the levels that we saw in January, February, and March? Unlikely. Right. But, but the SEC's been starting to clear a lot. There have been a lot more filed. You've got more IPOs. Let me show you what's been getting filed lately and give you a sense sort of on a week-by-week basis for uh, for the last some good ones, some few weeks. Ones. May 3rd to May 7th, you had 10 filed, then 7, 4, and now you're starting to come back again. 9, 10, size is getting larger as well. And even the performance, guys, has started to improve when we take That's a look at our thing. indexes. Remember, we have two of them. We may one day have three of them. We have the post-deal SPAC index, and that's where you've really seen the strong performance lately. Now, this does include, by the way, uh, deals that have closed, uh, but only recently. Uh, so a deal that de right? It's no longer a SPAC. It's no longer a SPAC that announced its deal, which is what most of the uh, names in this index are. But you can see it's moved up sharply just uh, in the last week or so. Um, and, yeah, there it is. Thank you. Uh, and... That is helping give a little more propulsion to this area that we followed so closely, of course, at the beginning uh, of the year, given it was dominating the capital markets in so many ways. And there are some names in particular. This Blue Owl I wanted to I wanted to look at because it despacked, got a second look, you know, sort of 10 bucks like so many are. And then suddenly you get a second look and 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 there it is. I mean, look at the move that stock has had 70 percent in a month. Uh, today, Goldman comes out and says, you know, we see sort of uh, 28 times, we think, is an appropriate multiple because it's similar to Aries. Uh, it's also similar to a couple of other names out there. Um, and they like the business model. GP Solutions, you know, they own a lot of the GPs. This is the old Dial from Newberger and, some, and then Owl Creek and, and, and a few others. But um, they like the outsized growth, their 1850 price target. So, Jim... Let's keep an eye back on, on the SPAC sector. I have to tell you, I was surprised at the bounce back on a lot of these. And a lot of them started. You, if you, now, of course, well, some of the Clover, D-SPAC SPACs. Clover has gotten that's part of this, I was going to say short squeeze right. and really, Clover, really helps. part of some our days. index because we haven't taken it out yet, even though the deal's closed. So that helps. Yes. And, and you had the car, you had the Fisker moving. Mm-hmm. Even though you had Lordstown, CCIV has been CCIV up. that's got wrapped up a little right. bit again in the. But you know what hasn't come back at all? What? Yours, mine. Chag Deep Singh, QuantumScape. Oh, QuantumScape. Yeah, just been crushed. That's the novel. But you know, I really feel as though we no longer. I say I mean, we don't talk numbers. about DraftKings anymore as a SPAC. We don't. We shouldn't talk about. Did you see Jason Robbins telling pretty good stories? Blue Out. These are now companies. They're no right. longer. They are no, just companies. No, they are companies. Uh, and we, we're going to probably make a third index to look at companies that once were SPACs, because it will be interesting to see how they perform, because that'll be an important point of information yes. for people. This is also the long-term trend of capital raising, $100 billion this year. Eight years ago, it was $1 billion, yes. right? Amazing. Yes. So the, the long-term growth has been explosive. And then we have Didi coming up, and I hope there's enough money. It is really interesting that you could have such tension between our two countries. Right? Between China and the United States. And here's a deal coming up. It's going to be, be obviously a traditional IPO. 
potentially. Yeah, but don't you think it's interesting the, the tension? Biggest. Yes. Between us, but there's no. You don't see uh, President Biden saying we have to scrutinize the capital markets. You no. Know who, you know who was talking about doing that? Uh, yes, I do. I, I remember uh, you were talking about it. I yes, think. I was. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. Thank you for not identifying. I don't think we should have. It should be. It, look, there should be no quib without a quib. They we, they put every restriction in the world on us, including joint ventures with bogus companies, but. We give them unfettered access. It's wrong. It's true. Although I think it's, uh, is it BlackRock that is now going to be the f- first to fully own a mutual fund in that country? Really? That story crossed the Well, that's positive. positive. Progress. Yes. Uh, the baby steps for sure. That's positive. Yeah. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. One more look here at Futures as we try to put this busy week to bed. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Right, let's uh, let's get to uh, Jim's mad dash. Of course, we got what six and a half minutes or so before we get started with the final trading session of the week. Chewy. One thing you do like other Americans, you have a pet. Yes. And I have those who have pets know Chewy. Now, Chewy is a classic growth stock that people have been selling. I would put it in the DocuSign Twilio mode, as a matter of fact. I mean, in other words, things people felt well, people bought pets during the uh, pandemic. Well, they reported a very good quarter. And I, but people were not happy with the additional subs. I was thrilled that, it, that a sub is buying more and more from Chewy. So you can start making, you can build a model. It's a real model about what someone will spend. And they're doing interesting things. They have 6,000 new centers that have been added to a site so that you can maybe save a dog. I'm going to one of them to help save a second dog. And they do a a very big health, a very big telehealth for your your dog. But the most important thing they're doing, David, they're bringing on birthday cards. And I'm saying most important and not being a little facetious, but what they do is they personalize. Sumit Singh is a guy from Amazon. And uh, he is a brilliant CEO, and what he's done is personalize something that usually is done in mass, at, at scale. Uh, paintings of your dogs, birthday cards. David, if your dog gets a birthday card, believe me, you're going to sign on in a subscription to get that dog some food. We just bought these great dog tags for Marley from them. Oh, my. And I've got, they sent me condolence card when NVIDIA died. So a lot of loyalty. Yes. NVIDIA died, went to heaven, and doubled subsequently. <laughs> we miss NVIDIA. NVIDIA was some dog. Yeah. Hey, Jensen Wong loved NVIDIA because NVIDIA was the only dog ever to have a, 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 a card, an ID card, and could go right through. Right. Didn't really know how to use it. Didn't get a chance to learn. Taken. Taken right. before you could get Glad in and work on, a, two, on that self-driving chip. Man, we all love our dogs, don't we? All right, we got an opening bell coming right up.
We've got a news alert on McDonald's this morning. The fast food chain says a data breach in South Korea and Taiwan has exposed some customer and employee information. McDonald's has hired an outside firm to investigate. Only Korea and Taiwan had customer personal data breached. We don't know how many people, Jim. Uh, no payment info, we understand, according to the journal. But we're talking emails, uh, phone numbers, addresses. We must start asking these companies, what software were you using? What company software? When was the last time you updated? Did you ever think about going to a Palo Alto, to a FireEye? Did you ever think about going to a CrowdStrike? If we can find that these companies have not updated their software and they were using typically Microsoft, say, Windows 95, then the government should go after our people. Because there are companies that are not taking this seriously even now, Carl. And not taking it seriously means you've not updated your software. Uh, running out of excuses with yes, every they headline. are. By the way, we're going to talk to the CEO at our CNBC Evolve Summit uh, this Wednesday. Uh, to, to register, you can go to cnbcevents.com slash evolve. Talk about adaptation and innovation and, in some Chris, ways, risk management. Chris. Like, yeah, Chris Kemczynski. I, I have to tell you, I have to ask him about how big this Beyond Meat deal is going to be. I think Beyond Meat, I don't know if you've watched the stock ever since that terrible quote. You're interviewing? Oh, well, geez, you know him better. I mean, I think he's a very important figure in the whole firmament. What is he doing for the yes. food? I mean, McDonald's is a thought leader, and people may not understand it, but it's a revered company in the industry. And, and when they decide to go into an exactly. area, they move the whole needle. Uh, opening bells at the big board today, Horizon Kinetics celebrating the recent launch of its inflation beneficiaries, ETF at the NASDAQ. It is DraftKings, just talking about them, fantasy yeah. sports and gaming company. Um, you know, guys, I'd love to start with Amazon if we can this morning um, because it's had a good week. Yes, it's and, been huge. And, I mean, it's Amazon, right? We are still talking about a $1.6, $1.7 trillion market cap company. Obviously, one of the greatest growth names of all time. But it's had a good week. It's almost taken out its highs, Jim. And it is being cited by some as the return to and or rotation away from value right. to growth. And, you know, this week has been historically the strongest week for the stock. <laughs> historically. <laughs> Really? I yes. did not know that. Story. Is that a Prime Day function? Uh, no, uh, and I know that's coming up June 21st, 22nd. No, but I, Larry Williams, who's one of the, uh, my favorite technicians ever, he's been when I was wearing diapers, this guy was a technician. And he did some work showing about Amazon this week. That's why I highlighted it on Monday, saying this is it right here. If you bought Amazon right here at well, the, at the beginning a, of the week. That was a great call. I mean, it's still underperformed dramatically so not far this, this year. But this week it's only it's up 2.7 percent versus the S&P is up almost is th- exactly up 13. Right. Exactly right. But this was a big week. Huge. So, so you read ahead, more so into it than that, though, or is it just, a, it's just it's techn- a, an anomaly of the calendar somehow for Amazon? It, there is a degree. Sometimes it is an anomaly of the calendar. And in this particular case, I had no reason. I said to Larry, I don't know why. And he said, "That's yours is basically not the reason why. Here's the chart. Yeah. There's a good piece in Bloomberg this week about movie studios, grocery stores, pharmacy had news this week on Amazon. Like, is it fair to even call them a tech giant anymore? They're just a giant. They're just right. a giant. giant. A- and whatever they train is still true. A giant who's who are going to have a new CEO really soon. That's true. Uh, I mean, it's not as though Bezos is going away. He will be remain executive chair. But... For the first time ever, Amazon CEO will not be Jeff Bezos. We're days away. But it is very interesting that Jassy, who's taking it over, has always been perceived to be more uh, aggressive in terms of the demands that he puts on his team. 
tough guy. Do you ever think there's a point at which they might consider doing something under Jassy? And again, I, I, you know, uh, Bezos is still going to be the largest single stockholder and the chairman. Would they ever consider spinning AWS? Jeez, I think Jassy has talked over and over again how important it is to be holistic about this. Remember, his, his role has been to cut Cut price, cut price, cut price. He cut 40, 43 times when he came on the show. Uh, and I think that it is, it's a flywheel. I would not, I, 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 that would surprise me. Now, and it would surprise yeah. a lot of people. It might create a lot of value, too. My God, could you imagine the multiple for AWS, given that's quite oh great my, and the size so of that company? Fast. Alexa, Whoa. what would be the multiple for AWS? <laughs> the other night I said, I asked, I said, all right, Alexa, what do you think of and. It tr- triggered throughout the country. Alexa heard and responded. I asked Alexa an easy question. I, by the way, I, I thanked Siri last night. What did she say? She, that, when you, wait, when, you, when you asked she, Alexa. Oh, I mistakenly called yes. Siri Alexa. And she that said it's like, okay. That was like a really bad date. You ever do that? You know, mm. hey, Alexa. <laughs> Jim <and> Siri. <laughs> But she, I apologized, and she was gracious and accepted my apology. And this morning, I thanked her, and she said, you're welcome. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, of multiples and being aggressive, Snowflake, Jim, is uh, down 4%. I see uh, Piper takes it back to 290 from 312. Was this investor day concerning or not? I didn't think so one bit. I, I, I happen to tell you that Frank Slootman has said over and over again, he was on uh, Mad Money, if you're looking at this stock, over this short period of time, you're just crazy. Now, that's what Slootman did, by the way, at ServiceNow. And if you take a look at ServiceNow and what path he put that one on, I bank with this is now it's 100, you know, this is 100 times sales. I mean, this is the most expensive stock in the market, even more expensive than Zoom. But Frank Slootman, whom I know got hit for recently on some other stuff involving his Diversity. way he wants to yep. run. I, gotta, I have to mention that, Frank. But uh, I bank with Slootman. This is the only of these really high multiples, this Twilio. And ultimately, I am an Eric Yuan fan. Uh, full disclosure, my stepson works for, uh, for Zoom. Uh, but I do believe those three companies, which were recommended today in a series of pieces, which just said uh, growth is back, RBC, they're very well-reasoned pieces. And... Uh, I think, Twil- I think the world Twilio, I like Snowflake. Snowflake was not one that was part of the package. But I, I like DocuSign. That was one. Uh, and I do like, uh, well, I, 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 just, I think you, you have to like Zoom. Yeah, 450 from RBC. Uh, top, like name it, top pick. Our Zoom will remain important and relevant in the post-pandemic world. And, and look, they have great technology, and we are just looking at them as a static company. And again, disclosure, okay? My stepson works with them. But to, and I don't, he won't tell me anything, but I do no, know that to think that they are a, a company that is just going to take all that money and let themselves do nothing, they can reinvent it, they can do anything. I mean, this is not GameStop, guys. This is a company with a technological edge. It's a brilliant, brilliant man, Eric Yuan. No one. Have you ever heard a word that's negative about Eric Yuan? Uh, no. Titan. Twilio, expensive stock. Lawson, fantastic. These people have great executives. So I'm, I'm saying they've come down enough. That's, they are junior growth stocks. They're not some of the things. Look, we know Arc, who is like these, champion some of these. But uh, those are ones, if you want to buy companies that have come, that people hate now that the pandemic is waning, I would put those, I'd say you should put one of those in your portfolio. I really do. They're good companies. 
Jim, Biogen started the week at 286, uh, 425 this morning, but it did get to 468 on this FDA news. Now these reports of FDA advisors resigning in protest from the outside panel. This had always been the problem. There is no real science here, but there is a critical demand need and there is compassion. You know, there's an element of compassion. Well, hope is not a strategy if, if that's all you're really talking about. Well, there's some, uh, now, there it, is some there's a reduction of plaque. There is science a reduction of plaque. This. There's just question as to whether it is really truly effective and or worth right. the do, the work actually I, having approved. The work I do with brain found, with American Migraine Foundation, with brain, uh, I do some work with some of the different foundations that involve brains. These guys, by the way, are brain surgeons. And they have a very limited belief in these because they said we just need much longer much longer trials than we can get for maybe two years. But there, but two years are so in demand of people that they're willing to just suspend it because apparently the side effects aren't that great. But we got to watch this because these resignations are saying, no, that's not I the know. case. But we should also point out today UBS goes to buy and Bernstein goes to outperform. So Street has been impressed this uh, week. I am absolutely hopeful. But that is, as David is right. That is not a reason to approve a drug. But I know that there is the plaque reduction. And every doctor would tell you if you get a plaque reduction, that is good. But the doctors that I deal with with uh, migraines, migraine, they say the same thing over and over again, which is that maybe if you started this when you were 30, long before you had the beginning of Alzheimer's, that's when you should. If you start it when uh, when your doctor says you have a good chance, no, it's not is very unlikely to work. RH, very unlikely to work. Um, guys, on the whole back-to-work theme, we work, talked yesterday. That, there's a segue in transition. <laughs> you, 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 you're Ed McMahon. You I'm know? trying. I'm just okay. here trying. I'm doing my best. I'm doing okay. my best. Okay? Right. Go ahead. Smart go ahead. guy. All right, Karnak, go ahead. <laughs> I like love Karnak. <laughs> What is Biogen? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so back to work here. Okay, we're all Tr- back to work. Trotsky. It, we're what all is, back to work. What is Russian Some days produce? it's going fairly well. Other days no, 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 it's, well. good. it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, no, it's good. It's, it's great good. that I can do that to yeah. you. Like that. This, yeah. You, yeah. This is an old zinia. You can go ahead. And uh, did you see you uh, yesterday? Did you happen to see? Yes. Uh, that uh, Facebook, of course, we talked about yesterday. But today, Amazon or yesterday as well, saying we're going to give you more flexibility on coming back to right. work. Right. Uh, and so there is definitely a debate going on. Every company uh, in, in has some of these different. companies. Boy, they're Allowing so not a uniform remotely policy. Remotely up to two days a week. Previously, Amazon had sort of indicated we want you in right. pretty, pretty much every day. Meantime, Goldman Sachs and its CEO, David Solomon, who's been very aggressive about getting everybody back to work, not yes. far from here on West Street. He is dropping a new single, guys, called Learn to Love Me. What? Or is that not true? No, no, I have no doubt it's true. I, I looked. Have, uh, it is true. All right. Can we just uh, say it's on something called Genius.com. Can I just lyrics say, aren't have out you guys yet. ever been to his, one of his concerts? No. Spellbinding. Really? I can show pictures. I mean, maybe during the break they'll let me. I have pictures of him, I, some really great black and white portraits. I think it's interesting. And, of course, everybody at Goldman is supposed to be back in the office very soon. Well, I think that Arvind Krishna and IBM sound pretty rigorous about this. I shouldn't say rigorous. About coming Do- back. Dogmatic. But I think that it is case by case. And I think that one of the things that seems like the West Coast is, which has terrible commuting, 
they seem to be really, uh, I think, very concerned. By the way, it's a little ecological, too, out there. Don't get in your car. So if you're yes. home. Yeah, no, I get it. It's true. I, it's here to stay. There's no doubt. I'm talking about Zoom that remote well, if that's is going the to be case, a part then, of most places. Then do you really ecosystem. want to just sell the stock of Zoom and just say, you know, look, it's over. It's, over. it's not over. Well, all of this sort of filters into various decisions among CIO, uh, uh, chief technology officers. And, and today, Morgan Stanley names Dell a top pick, Jim. Uh, they downgrade Logitech to equal weight. Maybe, um, I don't know. Is, can we read that as a, you're going to need fewer headsets if you're working from home? I, I, I can't do that. I have to say that Bracken Darrell uh, is one of the greatest smartest people, the CEO of Logitech. This stock has had an incredible move, and it makes sense on a valuation basis maybe to take it down because some people feel that they have commodity products. I happen to love their products. Uh, so I don't necessarily want to want to draw that conclusion uh, because I think that on valuation, it's moved, it's moved so much. Yep. It's moved so much. Had a huge, huge run, and we all, we all understand why. Um, so we got S&P uh, 4246. And that 42.50 level has been stubborn. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. And uh, new highs, though, there. And uh, that 10-year, 1.46. That's the one part of this puzzle the traders have gotten wrong. And as a result, we're seeing some people a little bit off sides right now. Let's take a look at the sectors. A little bit of a different trend today than there has been in the last week and a half or so. Uh, Energy's always been the leader. It's been fabulous with oil near $70, new highs there. But materials, industrials uh, lagging a little bit this week. Uh, tech's been doing a little bit better. And healthcare. Uh, the important thing is just this whole value versus growth trade. This can be very confusing to understand. But generally, growth has been returning in the last couple of weeks. If you take a look at the sectors that are moving, what's growth? Growth, growth is usually associated with technology stocks and healthcare stocks, not always. And value is usually associated with industrial stocks, energy stocks, material stocks, some bank stocks, small cap stocks. And as you can see here, growth has kind of come back in the last few weeks. Uh, value stocks have sort of lagged behind here. And the reason this is happening is People are starting to rethink the market narrative, particularly about the impact on yields here. So remember the old market narrative and what the market's gotten right is we've got a big reopening on our hands and we're going to have really good earnings growth. The mother of all earnings reports is coming in the second quarter. We're talking about 60 percent growth in earnings in Q2, strong in Q3, but decelerating a bit, still growing, but the rate of change is decelerating. And what the markets got wrong is the whole inflation leading to higher yield story. It was wrong. Uh, so far, it's been wrong. Inflation and supply chain issues right now, the Fed may be right. They may be transitory. A lot of worries about labor costs out there. And that's, I think, a big question. We haven't resolved that. But right now, that's the thinking. So here's the current market narrative. Q2 and Q3 is going to be peak everything, peak earnings, peak economy, etc. Inflation well, notable still, but maybe transitory, maybe not on labor. That's a big debate right now. Yield still staying low. And of course, that pain trade, what would cause the greatest amount of pain to the greatest amount of traders? It's rotate into growth because there's people who are offside that are on that value side of the equation right now. So the result is we're seeing money move back into a lot of tech. Remember all that Kathy Wood stock, all that stuff that was out there that had 50% declines, things like Zoom and Roku? They've stopped going down. In fact, in the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't say there's a tremendous val- a rotation here or a tremendous rally, but it's, they're well off of the lows here. Zoom, 
Roku, uh, Shopify, uh, other stocks uh, in her arsenal, uh, uh, Spotify, for example, uh, Teladoc. They've all stopped going down and started slowly creeping up. Volumes are not immense, but you can already see people who are thought leaders, like Tom Lee, starting to talk about how to change the, the narrative a little bit. This is very confusing, Carl, because a lot of people message me and say, wait a minute, why are we supposed to rotate into growth when growth is slowing down? And it's a little counterintuitive, but growth tends to perform better in the back half of an economic expansion. Essentially, uh, they do better in the late stages of an economic recovery. And that's the main reason people are starting to talk about rotating back into growth. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you very much. As Bob uh, said, uh, tenure below 146. Let's get to Rick. Morning, Rick. Well, if you look at what's going on with treasuries and you listen to what Bob said, listen, maybe treasuries aren't necessarily focusing on the number one pricing issue of inflation. Ah, heresy, right? Not necessarily. There's been an awful lot of buying that's been coming in lately, reversing big short positions. And not only that, you know, when we talk about this parking lot of cash on the Fed facility that's over half a trillion dollars and continually moving up, well, consider this. The dollar funding market is flush. And if you're an overseas purchaser of treasuries, hedging your dollar is cheaper than it's ever been. So there's a lot of turnstiles of buying coming in that may be swamping the notion of what inflation may be like down the road. But it's a big mistake to write it off completely. Now, if you look at an intraday chart, boy, it looks like rates are going up. But look at the fine print. We went down to 142. We're up to 145. 145 is up two on the day, but open the chart up to a week. We're down 10 basis points on the week. So are the long bonds. Definitely has been a buying week. And anybody who participated in the auctions of $120 billion this week are pretty happy about it. They're making money. The settlement day, of course, will be Monday. Now, let's zoom that chart to March. That's the last time we're at these levels. But where do we go from here? Well, let's zoom back, way back to July of 2012. And July of 2012, July of 2016, we had some very key bottoms before COVID. They were, at one point, the all-time low. And at 1040, I'm going to be going over some of the technicals because maybe the major support in here is right around that 135 level. Finally, one week of the dollar index. A nice week. The dollar index has popped here a bit, and that could make a difference to some of these trades and some of the issues related to hedging that dollar if you're an overseas buyer looking to get positive rates. One more thing quickly. $8 trillion. Eight, 12 zeros. The Fed's balance sheet crossed that mark for the first time ever. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Yeah, records on that and, and records on uh, household net worth this week. Uh, Rick, thank you. As we go to break, take a look at some of the biggest gainers in the S&P. We were just talking about Biogen. 46% for the week so far, followed by Lilly, uh, Catalan, Illumina's in there too. We'll be right back. Jim's been active on Twitter uh, talking about uh, billionaire surtaxes. Why can't we just create a billionaire surtax? Enough already. Another one. I, I want to put a surtax on billionaires who avoid taxes. Avoid is legal. Evade isn't. But I'm now questioning that distinction. Yeah, and that's really the problem. I remember at law school, you learned very specifically that it's actually your duty to uh, to avoid. It's everybody's duty. There's no reason the government's not going to come after you. I'm now questioning that. 
because I think that our country is thinking about this incredible Jesse Eisner stuff. I mean, this was an amazing revelation about these people and saying, OK, we're not asking for Elizabeth Warren to take. We, we don't want to necessarily confiscate, but we have to find a way to just say, listen, we know you use avoidance and we don't know how to beat it, but we're going to put a surtax on it. It is maybe you think too, uh, uh, too blunt. It's a but, blunt instrument. I don't know. But how I've you, had it. I, I, under, I understand that. You're Have not you not had it? Well, I think there's a sense that you want things to be fair, and it doesn't feel particularly fair when the very, very richest amongst us are not necessarily paying their fair share, even though, by the way, they're doing it perfectly legally. But I yeah, don't but understand my, how you figure out what a surtax should be on what. Well, no, because I'm saying that you want to take a look at the code. And you want to say that there are parts that we have to rethink the notion of avoidance for billionaires. It is absolutely that we are right to avoid. Look, I think this was all anyone talked about this week. I don't know about you guys. And there are fights at homes. But this was what people talked about. And the vast sum of the meeting to me was we can't let this go on anymore in democracy. We just can't. Yeah, along with a parallel argument about enforcement. When some of the audit rates are higher in rural, rural southern counties, counties than they are. Than they are amongst the wealthiest. He gets to change. Look, I'm that sorry. Change. I've always sure. been a huge believer that you that saw the op-ed from all the good. former Treasury secretaries been... earlier this week about IRS enforcement. Right. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Yeah. Uh, Dow's up 73, and we do have a, a nice little seven-point uh, gain in the S&P on this Friday morning. Don't go away. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? I always like to please the people in Wall Street Bets because they are such fans of my work. Um, and it's just incredible how much they love me. So I have a meme stock, Matt Ishbia, UWM. This is a uh, mortgage company, but the, the Wall Street Bets people took it up a couple, bu- a couple bucks this week. So let's see if the typical Warren Buffett-like work that they do over there uh, survives the scrutiny. <laughs> no? They don't? No, they don't. Ram and Dot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Diamond Ram Hands, baby. Diamond Whatever else. Rockets, yeah. Diamond Hands. What else? I want to wish you a good YOLO. Thank you. Yeah. And by the way, unlike me, you don't wear suits, so you're a better person. I am a better person. They really attack me endlessly for the suit because uh, I have a suit. We had a, we had a great first week back here at this post. Yes. What, what, what a joy it's, it's been. Real life. Yes. That is true. Uh, we'll see you tonight, Jim. Thank Mad you. Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart.